0: You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Friday to you all and happy uh, Father's Day weekend, Father's Day weekend this weekend and uh, EVH and Gear TV, we are live, really happy to be here, beautiful weather and I've got a fantastic guest, this has been probably in the works for probably about a year, about a year and a bit, I've got... Has it from, been that long? It's been close to it, yeah, I'm from 3G Guitars, I have John Malvi. John, how are you? I'm well, how's everybody? I think everybody's doing great. I think everyone's really excited for the weekend. Obviously, like I mentioned too, as well Father's Day, hanging with the kids and family, stuff like that. It's just it's, just, it's a good mood time right now. I love it.
1: All the dads are getting uh, getting ready to barbecue.
0: yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of an easy, easy meal, right? Even that's something I can't hurt myself with. Uh, I shouldn't say that yet. You've probably seen some of my trials and tribulations on Facebook with uh, kitchen (laughs) injuries. But for the most part, barbecuing, I can handle my own there pretty good.
1: Well, just remember, fire good, right? Well,
0: yes, except as long as it's not in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Just keep it on the grill. That's right. Because I
0: did do that. I did catch the kitchen on fire. So that's that's a story. That's again, I'm going to open up another Uh, uh, show. Maybe that'll be my third show. I'm going to talk about something along the lines of uh, kitchen accidents. We'll see. I know there's already been a kitchen disasters and things like that. But uh, maybe we can talk about dads that shouldn't be in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think everybody's had that moment. Where all of a sudden it all goes sideways in the kitchen, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure.
0: Let's do something here, a little different than I normally do. I always love to see people in the chat. We have a bunch of people in the chat now, and I usually don't get to them to partway through the show. So I'm going to say hi to them right now, and I'll let you know. You've got the chat open as
1: well, too. I do. Uh, so I see. You. I see. Sean, how are you doing, Sean? That's one of your buddy Sean Cook.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, Sean was sharing some stuff today too, so I appreciate that, Sean. Thank you very much. It's nice to uh, meet you here. Uh, Justin Grady, he got his new 5150 lunchbox today. He got a good deal on eBay, and he's loving it. So it's nice to hear that, and congratulations. Jay's nice. Tacos and Guitars is here. Quentin James is here. Um, it sounds like there's a little project that works for Quentin. There some people are rounding up uh, something for him. It's kind of a little private joke, but he'll get it. Um, SB Vlogs is here. Sean Cook, yeah, we just mentioned Sean. Carlos Santan, my fellow Canadians here as well. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, he says he's got the steaks lined up and ready to go on Sunday. Fantastic. Oh, Nice. Uh, Sean Close says, love the t-shirt. Where can I buy one? If you're referring to the Van Halen one, that's from vanhalenstore.com. Uh, link is in the description down below. Uh, very, very cool. And always support uh, authentic and official merchandise, and that's the place to go. I see things pop through my feet all the time. It drives me crazy, all this unauthorized merchandise. Um, and, you know, the band doesn't get that money. So um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they need it, but it's certainly uh, good it's good to go to the authorized source.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, Daryl McMillan's here saying hello. Larry Petrie's here saying uh, we smoke briskets, not grilling hamburgers and dogs. We use uh, pellet grills for smoking meat. Nice. Okay.
1: Nice. Good. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I went back to uh, the wood, back to Mesquite, and, you know, for years it was, uh, you know, these nice propane grills, and suddenly you realized, well, that's not barbecue, There's nothing barbecue about that, you
0: know? True, true. That's that's 100% right. I remember the days of having, like, uh, you know, I didn't really have anything fancy, but just coal or whatever the, you know, different things were and lighter fluid. You know, I remember pulling a Homer Simpson, you know, squeeze and then squeeze and then squeeze some more. (laughs) And then you throw in a match and you see a nuclear, you know, cloud, right? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you get the flavor of the coal and it's a a big difference for sure.
1: Yeah, we went back. uh, My wife had a, uh, a... a basically uh, a retreat for her uh, her teammates at work and so i the grill i had just wouldn't suit for the amount of people so you know all of a sudden it was it was rent a big grill and 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 went with mesquite and that was it after that it was like forget it get rid of the propane get back to the fire let the voice of your ancestors speak through it you know yeah all that stuff.
0: I know we we have a pretty cool pit in the backyard, um, like a fire pit. I would like to what this once, like we've done hot dogs and things like that, over, you know, sitting around the fire, campfire, and marshmallows. But I would love to put a big steel grill across the top and just throw some uh, steaks on top of a massive fire.
1: I I see a plan yeah, in the future.
0: I think so. In, yeah, <laughs> a couple more people will say hi to. Them. We'll jump into our program. We've got Blimpus here saying Happy Friday, Eric and John. Um hey, hey. great chat show, Larry Peter. Saying thank you, appreciate that so much um let me see here nocturnal butterfly that's my beautiful better half she's a great asset here in the in the chat for sure thank you so much always there yeah and we'll yeah. just get i know she's gonna hate me for saying this as well too but um i was just telling john off the air um uh, poison ivy uh, as some of you know her sandra lee here she's doing a little bit better uh day by days so and we're actually out again mm-hmm. today getting some sunshine and i think that sun is uh, is uh is a is a good thing for her as well so mm-hmm. very nice Really? uh blimpin says eric why the shave just changing and uh, turning a new leaf a little bit trying to re- retain my youth but it's growing back i'll have it back by next show <laughs> um and uh quentin james says i turn a butterfly should probably stop posting stuff on face planet so i will leave it flagged there we'll continue on the show after so i'm glad at least we're here to say hi to everybody so thank you so much everyone for joining joining us yes, tonight indeed. Yeah. Before we get into the company and all the grueling cool stuff that we're here to talk about tonight, and obviously not just the company tonight, we're going to talk about, you know, innovation from Eddie Van Halen through your company and everything, all kinds of things in between. But I think a lot of people, including myself, would like to get some backstory on you as a musician and just kind of a little bit of a biography on you.
1: Well, I've been playing guitar. I come, basically, my, my I come from sort of a musical family. My, my mother was a musicologist, so it was pretty easy to... Uh, to go into music lessons early and i started guitar uh in la at uh at seven and um studied classical guitar for a couple years and um and then studied with some local guys in la uh that were just amazing uh session musicians there was so many great uh musicians uh through the 70s down in la they were on every corner Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, it's just uh, one of the one of my teachers, Joe Olinghouse, had a gig uh, with Ella Fitzgerald at 18, a duo gig. So wow. I used to listen to his recordings uh, with her and and, you know, here I was 17, you know, not even close to the ability of what he was doing with Ella in Europe uh, at 18. There was a real renaissance, I think, for all those guys that came up in the 50s in the jazz world. And and uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to be around down there when a lot of those old timers were uh, still around. And so I studied uh, a bit of jazz. And um, then eventually, uh, I came up to the Bay Area. And uh, I studied at uh, San Francisco State University uh, composition and a bit of performance. Um, And then uh, eventually, I ended up uh, three years with Joe Satriani. And that's that's basically the Joe School is like uh, the ultimate pressure cooker, and it's uh, uh, that was a great way to sort of finish the education side. And uh, I've always done music. I've taught full time. I teach right now at uh, Guitar Center in Gilroy. Um, that's been my thing. Um, I've been I've owned recording studios. I've uh, done uh, tons of sessions. I've worked at uh, some of the. Uh, iconic studios in the Bay Area. I've worked out of, uh, and, um, basically, and also I've been a sideman. I've gone out, uh, with artists like Cat McLean and, and my wife and I have, uh, a few different bands that we've actually toured internationally with. So just both feet have been in music my whole life. So that's pretty much you know, there's a lot of detail there, but that's it in a nutshell.
0: That's absolutely fantastic, man. Man, you've seen you've seen the world, and you've seen you've seen some of the greatest studios, um, and you've mentioned Joe Satriani. I got to I got to ask you a question on that for a second. Um, a while sure. back, in an interview uh, Richie Blackmore was kind of kind of gave a kind of a sour um, impression, or I guess uh, opinion, or test, I, I guess his opinion on Joe Satriani. Did you hear that where you're saying it was he's too perfect, doesn't play any sour notes? And Joe was Joe was as cool as Joe is and handled it very professionally, is like, well, you know, I think he was kind of shocked a little bit because that's one of his heroes, one of all of our heroes in some way or another. Um, and the fact that, you know, I find what I find about Joe, this is my personal opinion, is he's probably one of the best improv guys on the planet. Um, what do you, what were your thoughts when you heard that saying that he's just too perfect, or whatever?
1: Well, I never, well, I not never. okay. I rarely ever comment on YouTube, unless, of course, as you know, I'm, I'm on your show and Mm -hmm. it's relevant to, to what, you know, what I'm doing or, or what I'm involved with. Yeah. But I saw that and I think, I'm not sure if it's his official YouTube, uh, channel, but, um, that was one of the few times where I actually got involved, and my comment. If you go to, I think it's the Richie Blackmore channel. Okay. you'll see that they pinned my comment up, and I got a lot of uh, of agreement, basically, and and flack. The thing that that people he was so far off base as far as uh, Joe is concerned. The thing that people don't realize about Joe is he's probably one of the best blues players. That You would ever hear we haven't really ever um, Had an opportunity to hear him play Traditionally he does his own version of blues, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it's very unique and and it has all the mud and dirt in it but I would say go back and listen to his red house with Mick Jagger yeah live at New York Listen to his blues playing Uh, he's, He's one of the most astounding players when I finished Okay, back to the back to the point. Yeah, I I basically I basically was very critical and uh, and I think I got a lot of flack for it. But um, it was sad because it just came off as uh, uh, it just came off as bitter. I don't know. Did you read it? Did did, anybody read it? Did you guys uh, tune into that?
0: That maybe in the chat they may have. And that's the thing too, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot with that. And here again, this is just opinion; it's not fact or anything like that. Too, yeah. we're both just voicing our opinions. Um, I, I, I just don't, I don't think it was uh, warranted. And, and I've always said this before uh, about Joe Satriani. He's probably my second favorite guitarist on the planet, next Daddy. He, he is hands down. Um, if you ever had to do like a crossroads, like a Steve Vai, you know, and Ralph Macchio and the, you know, the crossroads head cutting duel, and it was Joe Satriani and a couple of the guitar players, and it had the last part of the. And we're going to talk rock and roll shredders, I'm going to say. So there's a group of them. And to save your life, to win that thing, you it's a blues duel, maybe some Hendrix or whatever. I think Joe Satriani will, Satriani will always come out on top just because, you know, you think he's so scripted and orchestrated. And when you let him improv, improv, it's just, its that's where he's smoking Joe.
1: Yeah, I had the opportunity to open uh, two of his shows on the Unstoppable Momentum Tour. Oh, wicked. And, um, and... I told my band, I have this great band from down there, these young guys down there, and it was just a a wonderful opportunity, and and they were so excited, and I just said, you know, watch the game elevate when Joe hits the stage. Watch, watch, feel, or not even watch it, feel feel it. We were in the front row, and if you get a chance to actually, and I've had this opportunity. Um, uh, I've been very fortunate to have gone out and supported a lot of my heroes like this. I've been able to open a lot of shows. And no matter how hard you try, it's their audience, it's their show. Mm -hmm. And they always uh, appear when they're doing their craft, they always appear uh, as the legends that you expect. I mean, more often than not. Mm -hmm. Um, And he came out and he just took command of the stage and it was it was different you can go to a concert and watch someone and get enveloped in the show but when you share the stage with someone you know the energy basically you bring to it you know and then when you get off and then you watch you watch the headliner take command of it it was pretty much astounding and it was fun to watch my crew sort of just get washed over from all this intensity and You know, the guy, I left my first lesson with him and I was basically going to just hang it up. (laughs) I got in my car and I just said, I said, okay, well, let's see, I can sell my stuff. I'll go back to school. I'll get a business degree like grandma wanted. You know, all that stuff, uh, because he was so um, we were in a little closet in a studio in Berkeley and just his ability to play exactly what he wanted. There was never ever a moment, uh, no matter how much he may have been distracted in life, that when he picked up the guitar, it just wasn't completely front and center. It was, it was pretty astounding.
0: I like the way you mentioned the, the energy, and and I and I can try to f- be in your shoes. I'm just going to feel that moment for a second. You're on the stage, the band's doing really, really well. First of all, you're pumped up because you are opening for Joe Satriani, so that's an, and that's a natural uh, caffeine high or rush for you. Uh, Absolutely. so you're, you're thinking you're, it's related to a race car. You're in a nice car on the highway and you're, you're cruising as fast as you think that car is going to go. Then Joe and his entourage come on. It's like, where did this come from? You know, it's just like, wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've had that, I've had that happen, uh, a number of different times. But uh, as far as the, the subject, just sort of wrapping up, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. It, it was sad because the one thing we know about Joe is he's one of the most, uh, um, um, nicest guys in the business and he's and he's so completely uh, unaffected after all these years by fame and and all that and for uh, for someone especially to for for richie to point the gun at both joe and steve moore's i mean come on (laughs) it doesn't you know i mean to me uh as we all know uh the passion that those two players bring to not only the stage, but countless recordings. They've never let us down on their records. They've never let us down on stage. The consistency there. So yeah, it was definitely sad. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah, it, it, tr- it truly was uh, over in the chat. We've got Chris Jones jumping in saying uh, rock and roll Friday folks. Howdy from Texas and Ron Bain singer saying, saying hey, hello, Eric and everybody. Uh, and Carl Santos as well. Having Satriani as a teacher as is an experience of a lifetime. Uh, and, uh, Carlos Anton is a teacher as well, not in music, but at a school. So that's very, very cool. It's all the same when it comes down to it. And that's something I, I was going to say to you, you probably have found this teaching is a wonderful thing. Whether, no matter what it is, whether it's art or music or, you know, English language, you tend to, I would imagine in your case with music, probably learned a lot from your students
1: too. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, the two way street is mm-hmm. a cliche. Uh, I was just thinking about that because, uh, sometimes I get ang- anxiety, when I have to teach really young kids, right? Um, because I get, I, I'm passionate about teaching. I, I've always been, and I've uh, I started at a young age, so I can really fall into autopilot, and um, so I get uh, a, a little bit of anxiety because I'm not sure if I'm going to be over their head, and I and I have to really sort of hone it in and get my Pokemon stickers out, <laughs> things like that. Sure. And uh, and just this week, you know, I had two. Uh, seven-year-old girl students that um, you know were just so on it so mature so ahead of me in the process and you know I I just reminded myself after that day of, of just how lucky I I am to share that experience mm-hmm. because you know uh, you're shaping these young kids and you You're also doing something that a video can't do, and that's you're getting to know how they think. You know, we all uh, think differently and we all play differently. And so uh, we can get information and gather information. But uh, it's it's a pleasure to work with people and to present the information, you know, get to know the person, find out what's how to how to do that in a way that is is uh, compelling to them and interesting. So yeah,
0: oh that's that's. I love
1: uh, I love teaching for sure.
0: That's awesome. And here's a question I've never asked any instructor before. And this was not on the itinerary for tonight. I just want to get your opinion on this, and, and myself being a parent of a of a talented musical uh, child, uh, Eric Jr. here, very talented, and is when the day came that I saw music in him, I was uh, super joyed, and at the exact same time as a parent, super worried. Um, because, you know, let's go back over our lives. You know, I'm sure you and I, and everyone watching that's a musician, um, has had some beautiful times and some horrific times on the road and things like that. And it's not all the glory that we like to pr- portray that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, I uh, do you ever see, okay, so you have a young child come in and okay, you know, a young girl or young boy, here we go. I'm going to give you some tools to get going and learn music. Are you ever afraid or do you ever educate them a little bit? Be careful out there in the business. If you ever, it, like, is that something that's ever discussed?
1: I think that, I think that that type of thing doesn't have to be presented until, um, we're talking about a career in the beginning. Let's talk about, um, back in black. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, uh, Led Zeppelin. Let's talk. It's so funny. And another thing is, is that basically that's what I do with my students is, is I use the music, their music or, or, you know, classic music to, to teach from. And I normally don't, try to bring that kind of reality into it because mm-hmm. i want the, the one we know guitar is a hard instrument to learn it's hard yep. um so so i really want to stay focused on them not being discouraged you know maintaining some sort of upward trajectory with their with their progress um i don't want to lay a bunch of that on now right. i have had the experience and as a matter of fact my stepdaughter um, is is now in uh, the beginnings of a very successful career. So, um, and, and my wife uh, also is a professional musician. So, um, we understand that, uh, that it's basically you're self employed. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. And I think that people can get wrapped up in maybe the fantasies, of uh of seeing you know the music life in some regard on video or youtube or whatever but uh, that's another point youtube now has brought the reality back down now you're seeing some of our heroes past the heyday they're dealing with the rigors of the road still they're dealing with these real basic things and youtube is bringing that front and center so that you know, the kids can almost get an education without you even saying it because they're seeing their favorite bands on the road. Their their, their bandmates are complaining about not making money. Uh, you know, I mean, they're almost getting the information firsthand now, but I generally... Uh, Don't don't do that. I try to stay positive. Yeah, because I I have I have had some bitter teachers.
0: Yeah, I bet. I I bet.
1: Haven't you? Yeah. Has anybody else had those bitter guitar teachers that uh, it's only negative, you know?
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I used to have a teacher that would ha, ha, have me hold a G chord just so we could solo because he was had to blow off steam. <laughs> I'm Like, okay, but I want to do that too. Wait a minute, I,
1: I didn't. We've done a lesson. No, <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: No, that that's that's a great share for sure. And I like the fact how you said that you got to look at it as being self-employed because you know if you're a self-employed uh, uh, individual, you know for the most part. That phone's not ringing twenty four seven. You you're the one that's got to be calling. You got to be pounding the pavement. You got to hustle uh, to make that buck. And if that's you know getting getting out there and playing some gigs for free if you have to, um, you know I'd never encourage it. Just get you got to hustle to make that to make that dollar. And eventually you might have a bit of a uh, you know a ball rolling and and you can make a few bucks. But uh, yeah, it's it's very well it's very cool to to compare it to self employed.
1: Yeah, well, and I think it's I think it's uh, it's best. And sometimes. Um, Uh, Deborah, my wife, gets upset because I don't uh, celebrate wins. Right. You know, I'll say, hey, I, you know, I'll tell her, oh, I got this gig. Oh, by the way, I'm doing this. And she'll be like, oh, is that, are you happy? And then I'll have to flash on, am I happy? Because I'm busy thinking of the next thing I have to go get. You see what I mean? You can't really sit back on your laurels because you're always in this mode of, you've got to go, you got to hustle. That's right. You got to go get them. So, uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, but it's, it's really finding that balance to maintain the passion that we have for the music, uh, that we make and that we want to make and, and try to see if, if we can fit that into some sort of business model where the business doesn't start weighing on the music, because that's when things get ruined, I think. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, too. Oh, yeah.
0: And something I've learned, too, and I think this is a, a moderately decent piece of advice, and I learned from the mistake of this, is looking to each each next gig as going to be like the end-all, be-all. The ones yeah. that I find um, that you think is going to be the best gig you've ever done in your life some, sometimes can turn out to be a flop, And the ones that you think, oh, man, this I don't even want to be here. There's no one going to be here. This is in the middle of nowhere. It turns out to be the best gig you've ever done. So having that just, uh, you know, not like you say, don't necessarily overly celebrate. Okay, yeah, we got a gig. We're booked. We're going to promote it. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to say this is going to be the, you know, we're going to do our best. And that's all we can do.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, what I've found in the last few years is uh, is to be careful and surround yourself uh, if you're out gigging and you're making music Uh, now. Now, of course, if you're being offered gigs for money, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. then then, of course, take the gigs and don't you don't have to weigh this up. But if you're pursuing something with some passion, maybe your own solo stuff or or a cover band, uh, you know, a tribute kind of thing around a band you like. Um, it's making sure that everybody in the band uh, is tight. Like you actually like each other. Mm-hmm. I know that that's like, uh, that's always talked about how, you know, bands have friction. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed the last few years that it would never matter what was happening off the bandstand because we were having such a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just, I mean, and and all of a sudden we're high five and oh, we did that. You know, all of a sudden we do something. We were sort of playing for ourselves, While performing for everybody else, yeah, yeah. and I really noticed because I was in a band for a few years um, that where it just got stressful uh, because the dynamic uh, in the band was not fun, yeah. You know, so almost no money, and I've had those situations. It doesn't matter if 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 you're not with you know a group of people you you're enjoying nothing matters at that point. So I think it is important to uh, be careful about character. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the pitfalls uh, for a lot of musicians is when we, uh, we put our, 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 you know, we hang our star on other people's wagons and, and we're not quite sure, you know, we're not, we don't do an assessment, you know what I mean? It's kind of always be careful about where you, where you're, Putting your energy and 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 does it feel good? Yeah, I think that's what that's all about.
0: Yeah, when you have when you have a bad situation where it feels like you're going to work like a job like you'd want to normally call in sick for, um, then it's time to possibly reevaluate what you're doing in that uh, current uh, sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. for sure. And speaking.
0: Speaking of, uh, you know, possibly hating band members at times, let's, let's talk a little bit about some Van Halen. And the question I have for you, and obviously we're going to jump into some. Uh, one of the highlights of this evening is going to be talking about some innovation with your products. And we're going to see them, uh, get to know all about them. But I always like to ask people, uh, as far as Eddie Van Halen being an innovator. Let's just take his talent completely off the table. We're not saying how great of a guitar player he is. He's he's one of the he's the world's best, in my opinion. Um, but we're not going to talk about talent. We're going to talk about what he's done for the guitar, for effects, for amplifiers, for everything in between. I'd just like to get your opinion on his innovation, uh, contribution to the world.
1: Well, I, what I'm loving right now is that, I mean, especially since I discovered your show and I'm watching now more and more, uh, I think it's our generation. We're finally getting to the point where we're getting a bit of nostalgia about our, you know our our uh, our our childhood mm-hmm. and and teenage years and and Van Halen was uh, was a part of that and I love the fact that that conversation about Van Halen for years like um, in, in the '90s and into the aughts, you had to be careful because it, it, they fell out of favor and they weren't considered you know hip, but even though uh, you have your diehard fans, so for me. Van Halen was a complete game changer. I mean, there we had, we had everything. I mean, everything. We had Hendrix, we had Jeff Beck, we had Jimmy Page, we had uh, all the guitar players up to the point of Van Halen. And then Van Halen just blew the roof off. And as a kid in L.A., the, there was so many urban legends going around <laughs> about Van Halen. I was lucky enough to have an older sister that, uh, dragged me to two Van Halen uh, shows. One was like a a daytime event. They were playing some event, and I can't remember where it is. And the the uh, the rumor was that the guys were all uh, our age, meaning my age. Okay. Uh, and I'm six. I think six years, maybe uh, seven years younger. And I'm looking at them. You know, I mean, I don't have facial hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have hair on my chest. And it's just a crack up how. And I remember going back to my friends and saying, man, you know, are you sure they're our age? You know, and they're playing like, you know, guys in their mid to late 20s. Yeah. You know, and uh, and what what Eddie did was he changed the archetype on every level. I mean, we don't we don't. Let's just talk about the superstrat concept. Right. It's it's so um, the superstrat is as entrenched, uh, is as much an icon in, in the guitar world as the Strat or the Les Paul. Mm-hmm. And that we owe to Eddie. I Agreed. Mean, period. I mean, he started a whole new wave of guitar and we all followed suit. We all knew that the paradigm had shifted from that 70s, 60s, 70s paradigm. We knew that it had shifted if you were a guitar player. And... Um, And around L.A., I didn't really, I knew of, um, for a couple of reasons, Randy and Eddie were the sort of the iconic, you know, top of the mountain. I did not know of uh, George until a a little later on, and I don't know why that is. But um, everybody I knew all through uh, L.A. and the Inland Empire and and down to Palm Springs, everybody knew uh, the name Eddie Van Halen. And before the record came out, I mean, he had really changed the landscape, uh, especially right before, you know, before uh, they got signed.
0: The uh, the fire and the energy and you had the absolute honor, man, I would give anything to have a, a time machine, to be able to see some of those backyard parties. Um, and the, the can you remember the year that this this outdoor event was in the daytime? Do you remember the year roughly?
1: 76, 76 or 77. OK, so would it have um, been in like
0: a city hall type of a deal.
1: Yeah. That's what I remember. And my dad actually was, uh, was on the, um, he was involved in early development of video editing. He was an inventor and also, and an electronic engineer. And the funny thing was his focus and our focus was on some other part of the event. Maybe politicians were speaking or whatever. And my, and my, the, the unfortunate thing was that my father did not videotape the show. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine? I'm like, Come on,
0: of all yeah. ones to miss. It, yeah. it, that's the same show, I, I have a strong, I have goosebumps right now. I'm trying to contain them because there's a lot of folklore to that show. If it's the same one too, as well, too at City Hall, it's a yeah. show that oh, almost yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. happen yeah. because there, some beers and everything got had, you know, backstage, and then they, it was getting out of hand and it was mm-hmm. almost shut down and then of course when the, the authorities are saying we're going to shut down after everyone's on like their 10th beer and things like that there's a lot of rowdy people I think that's the same show that was mentioned in Van Halen Rising from Greg Renoff that, that's a great story
1: you know I saw I, I've i seen his interviews now I've got to read the book I haven't read the book but um, check it out yeah the 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 energy was was crazy and as you I don't have the 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 first I I saw I'm trying to think um, let's see Maybe not the first tour, but the second tour, um, Anaheim Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think second tour was that a uh, with Sammy Hagar? Uh, who else was there? Was that Sabbath or no? That might have been Day on the Green, or might no? That might have been. The the big the big one down in in Southern California, but I've seen them four times and every time the energy was completely insane I never saw the the Hagar era, but I I saw a lot of the early Van Halen and you know, it changed everything did. and when you when you saw them Later when you would hear people criticize the band or whatever criticisms that people would have as far as hipness or or whatever uh, you would just sit there and shake your head because you remember this band that no one could touch. No one could touch that band live. Yeah. I mean, period. They, they outrocked everybody every night. So I would never astounding. want to be a
0: band on that bill. I mean, as much as you think it's cool, if you're a musician, Oh, I'd love to open for Van Halen or whatever. I would never want to be anywhere near that stage. I'd rather just be in the audience with my fist in the air. You know, there's no way you can touch that.
1: Well, or the bands that that uh, followed, right? I know. Uh, journey, what was it uh, well, Sabbath one for sure, but didn't they go out with journey? Oh, too?
0: yeah, there's a lot of journey stories for sure. and I think I think as much as Eddie and Neil got along very well, I can see some animosity there eventually, too, and uh, um, almost getting kicked off the journey tour and things like that as well, too. So
1: was that the word?
0: yeah, it was there' was some okay. there's some heat for sure. Uh-huh. It, it's it's funny but that, thank you so much for sharing that. a lot of the Van Halen fans are going to love that but uh, we won't we won't focus on Van Halen for the whole evening I want to jump over just a little bit about uh, the company and before we talk about the innovation as we were talking about with Eddie because uh, you have some really really cool patents and things that we're going to get to know more about I'd just like to learn more about the company tell us about uh, what the company is and when you formed it and how uh, maybe even what the name 3G Guitar stands
1: for yeah uh, well 3G is for third generation okay. and so uh, basically um, how I see that is 57 you've got you've got the iconic Stratocaster 87 you suddenly had a, a significant change in the bolt-on neck joint in the gym right yeah and then 2017 is, uh, where our patent was filed for and and so that was the whole point was to say that this is the third generation it's the most significant uh, change in design since the in 60 years since the strat uh, design as far as the bolt-on archetype we feel that it it actually it is a significant uh paradigm shift in in the design in how the neck joint actually works uh, uh, with uh, in the guitar and uh, how it actually marries the neck and the and the body marries. So um, I've had the idea forever and ever. And as a matter of fact, uh, can I share a little bit with Please you? Please do. I'd love to see whatever yeah. you have. Um, back in about 84, when I was still taking lessons with Joe gonna come back a little bit yeah um, I I was getting these Jackson's and I was playing Jackson soloists, and I think they may have just come out maybe they were just a couple of years old and um, I always had a goal with the soloist uh, with all my guitars was uh, I wanted to be able to actually play the instrument from one end of the neck to the other without changing my technique at all I didn't want to have to shift and we know that once we get to the heel you know, everybody will be looking up, you know, the sky, you know, pl- shredding away. And once you get to the heel, all eyes come down. You've got to change and shift your technique and make sure that you can access the notes in a different way than you did down here. So I pursued that with the neck through uh, guitars. And um, I worked with a famous uh, luthier, one of the best guitar builders in the business, Ken Lawrence. He builds those beautiful explorers. Oh, nice. Uh, for Hetfield. Yeah, yeah. In Metallica, okay. well, that's Ken Lawrence, and he's one of the the greatest builders uh, uh, going all the way back to, I think, the late 70s, and uh, iconic bass builder, iconic guitar uh, builder, and he actually did this shape for me. Can you see that okay? Yes, we can. Yeah, BD. Okay, and, and that basically eliminated the heel, and I knew I could only uh, achieve that on neck through because... With a bolt-on or set neck, I, I'm out of integrity. Right. You know, I have no more neck to no bolt more real estate. to the body. So But as many of us may, uh, okay, we can go down this rabbit hole, and this is subjective. But what I discovered then was that I could not get my neck through instruments to sound good without making them active. Okay. And. Uh, you know and that I know I've had this argument but for me it did not work they were two-dimensional there was no note bloom I had no harmonic resonance that I was used to in a in a bolt-on or set neck guitar so I abandoned that okay um, and so now through the years I tried to accomplish this with a, a number of different builders um, but couldn't until I came with, up with the idea I hope everybody's hanging in there. They are. Oh, they're liking it. I'm not doing the long version, but I'm going to try. I came up with with the idea of of actually extending the tenon, which isn't completely unique. uh, But what I knew I needed was I needed to extend the tenon so that instead of the neck ending here, it would actually extend. And I'll show you on the guitar. This end of the neck actually is right at the treble pickup. Oh, wow. Okay. So this trough right there holds the neck pickup. Interesting. And so, and now uh, where we have our unique patent um, is in this round neck joint here. Mm -hmm. And then if you see, it has a keel like a boat. I see that. Okay. Yeah. So this slots in to the body. Uh, Obviously, it mirrors it in the body. And then um, we have a three bolt system here and here. And then this comes up and what is part of uh, our patent is this actually comes up and touches the pick guard because our pick guards are recessed. I'll show you in a second. Okay. And by doing so, we've actually trademarked tone guard because now this activates the pick guard. So resonance. The neck itself, uh, it adds a lot more resonance the sustain you get at lower volumes is, is profound. It's really pretty wild. It was funny to discover that. And the lower mids we get with the extended tenon, uh, was we thought would be, uh, a significant and it was, but the thing I want to point out before I, I wrap this part is one thing the round neck pocket gives you, it gives you 180 degrees of tension in square block pockets on the side. It's a slot. Yeah. The only place you have tension is on the two surfaces on the bottom. By having a round neck joint, we have 180 degrees of tension. So the sustain is pretty astounding. It it, it cinches into the body. There's no flex side to side, and um, we found that that that's uh, been a, a, a It's added even more tone. It's been a broader effect than we even thought. And I've got uh, a set neck design, sort of a Les Paul Jr. uh, set neck design, and a precision style bass design coming, too, with the same thing. Uh, One being set neck, and then, of course, these being bolt-on.
0: So when you, uh, you mentioned the fact about the um, active pickups, you weren't a fan because of that. And I, I'll be honest too, and I'm not afraid to say, cause I know a lot of my friends here love active pickups, you know, EMGs and all that kind of stuff. They swear by it. I've just never been, and I've had a PRS that had EMGs in it. Um, but I've never been a fan. So now that you went with this new, uh, you got the extended um, where the pickup actually mounts to the neck. Did you find right away with passive pickups or like, this is sounding good?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I have, uh, I'm, I'm the, the thing about active pickups to me, what I've found is that what people really enjoy about them is, is there is a consistency in, in how they translate through amplifiers. They're tight. Mm -hmm. They're, they're always very tight and they deliver a tone in a, in a very consistent way. And it makes sense because they're EQ'd from the instrument, but, um, what I've found is that uh, w- the passive pickups, there's more what I call note bloom. There's more activity between the guitar itself and the amplifier. It's There's an organic thing that happens that doesn't happen with active pickups. The active pickups will will sustain and they'll feed back, but there's this other element because of the electronics that I think get nullified. And I'll tell you... Um, Anytime I've, I, and I've gone out, I've played with active pickups. I played EMGs uh, for years. I worked with EMG and used their passive line, too. They're, mm-hmm. they're beautiful. But every time I would get on stage with a strat, someone play, like, I, I supported Robin Trower, mm-hmm. and actually in the early, in some of those early shows... I had a couple guitars on stage with active pickups and to hear the tone that he would have uh in comparison to my tone, you know, he'd be playing a strat a single coil pickup through a Marshall and there was no there was no comparison. No. So um and it's a matter of preference. I understand that. We get used to it and it depends on your rig mm-hmm. and and all that kind of kind of stuff, but to me um right now um we've got some great partnerships and we need to get to one of our favorite people for sure. Let's do that. Uh, Adam Reaver and Futone, because Adam actually has been there from the very beginning. I cannot, I cannot express enough uh, gratitude towards Adam, but early on I was able to show uh, the guitar, the NAM before last. I, sh- I was able to get Seymour uh, Duncan's attention for a minute. Okay. And, um, and since then Seymour Duncan has been, uh, really great in in providing pickups and direction as far as uh, the pickups that we think would work, because let me grab
0: this guy. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Because where because I have such deep access and and imagine this, guys, I've got neck through access on a bolt on. And I think only bolt on players can really, uh, you know, get that. Yeah. And so um, but what what it did do was it pushed the neck pickup you know, quite quite a ways uh, towards the bridge, and so we've been working on voicing that pickup and choosing the right pickup uh, for that position. So Seymour Duncan has been really, really, um, really great as far as direction and support.
0: Well, the range that he has in his his product line it's not just oh. a matter of just okay, let's just throw let's throw a spaghetti at the wall and see what sounds good. You oh. actually you you've got the expertise of years from him. Um, and he's probably saying, I think this might work for you. I I would assume that's probably come up several times.
1: Well, and, and think of the the MJ, think of all the people that have been in that company Mm -hmm. for so long and they've been, they've been a part of, uh, they're a legacy, legacy company. I I mean, I mean, all of those guys are same with EMG and DiMarzio, but Seymour Duncan, uh, as we used to trade his pickups in Southern California like baseball cards, oh, wow. you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean Seymour Duncan was the guy. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really really happy about that. Now I'm, I'm probably rambling a little bit. No, no, but no it's okay. Uh, one thing I did want to say was um, right away my my goal with the instrument was also to have a one-stop instrument, one that I could. Ah, uh, pick up because I was always in this role as a support musician. I, you know, I had if if you were swapping guitars out on stage, you lost a song. That's right. You know, I mean, there's not you know, so it got to the point where we were you know getting up there with you know one instrument. Let's get as many tunes in. You know, sometimes you only had 20 minutes as a support act. That's yep. ridiculous. That's right. You have five songs. You know, uh, and so the reason why I called it the Performer, named the first model the Performer, was I wanted a one-stop, uh, I wanted a one-stop instrument. So, so not only do you have floating, you know, thanks to the Tremel, no, we have hardtail as well on the bridge. And then, of course, we've got our, um, our, thanks to Adam, we've got our EVHD tuna right here, so we can actually drop down to D, and do our drop D, uh, uh, playing.
0: No, is that his tremolo on, too? All
1: on one guitar.
0: Is that his trem as well?
1: Absolutely. For so him? the first, the first person that I contacted, uh, because I've always really loved his his attitude, the big block bridge, mm-hmm. and and I had this sort of um, motorsports attitude towards the development of this instrument. I wanted it to be faster than a strat. I wanted it to be faster than other super strats, you know, I had this attitude like, okay, if I'm gonna to go to the racetrack, and, and you know, I, I, I want this thing to perform. And so the thing that I loved about Adam was that he had that same aesthetic. He took that iconic bridge and then turned it into a pro stock. You know, he modified it, he, he improved on that. And that was what I wanted. A lot of the early people that I worked with as far as designers, they didn't want to use that strat shape. They wanted to have their own shape, you know, and I, of course that makes sense, right? You know, mm-hmm. they want to put their signature on it. Of course. But to me, that, that super strat shape is, that's what I wanted. It, it felt the best. And so, um, but what I did want to do was I wanted to actually improve on what was there. And I think we've done that in the, in the patented designs, but then with Adam, here he's taken the Floyd Rose Tremolo and let's not forget his other heart. I mean, when you go to his website, you realize that this guy's serious about tone. He sure is. I mean, I mean, absolutely. And he came on board first. I approached him right away and I asked him. Uh, I mean, he was willing to uh, to, to come right on. He's supported us from the very beginning and I can't thank him enough.
0: Well, him and I talk probably a good three to four times a week, every week. It's religious around here because people are always asking me questions about, you know, bridge parts and and I send them all to Adam, but we talk about a lot of different things. And whenever your name comes up, it's just nothing but praise. And I mean, you know, Adam, Adam does not sugarcoat things. If he doesn't like something, he will, he he never says anything bad about anything, but he just Mm -hmm. won't talk about it. But when it comes to your stuff, it's like, oh man, that neck joint, that neck joint. I mean, he said that a hundred times. It's just amazing, and so he he sold on that. But here's the thing, too. With your innovation, okay, that's awesome, and the guitar is great, but here's where it could fail if, if you didn't work with the right people. You know, you know, working with Seymour Duncan, that's awesome. So if you just threw on, on right. like, a, a Chinese tram, you know, just to, you know, keep costs down, you know, it's like that's where a lot of people go wrong. They, they go so close to doing something, hitting a home run, and then they hit a foul ball and strike out, right? Um, it, I think you nailed it. You're working with the best people. Ah, uh, great pickups. Adam, you can't you can't do any better than Adam when it comes to, uh, to bridge upgrades and things like that. So phenomenal. It's nice to have that blessing for sure,
1: oh and and he it's he has basically what we want to do with the company is we did want to avoid all that. It is uh, we have our custom shop. Mm-hmm. We have the best uh, we have a, a a legacy as well in Santa Cruz, California for guitar builders. You've got Rick Turner, you've got Scott Walker, you've got, uh, you know, you also have Santa Cruz guitars, Mm -hmm. uh, Richard over at Santa Cruz guitars, and it, it goes on and on. And so I'm working with the best of the best, uh, in Santa Cruz. Um, and that's where we're actually doing the manufacturing of our custom work. Uh, and my whole goal was one to actually keep it California, um, our, are, are keep everything just American made. Yes. And, and, and then also focus on, on the fact that the Strat was born, uh, in California and, um, Seymour Duncan is in Santa Barbara. And so my initial focus was definitely sort of to keep that kind of, um, uh, that, that, I don't know, that kind of an attitude, you right, know, right. it's like, that's, you know, keep it one American made, don't go offshore with it and, and lose all the ability to, um, just keep an eye on the quality. I mean, mm-hmm. I pick the wood, I'll go to the, I, I, I will finish the guitars. I pick the wood. I'll spend hours and hours at, we have one of the the best, uh, uh, stores for exotic woods in San Francisco. And I'll spend, you know, three to six hours picking, you know, all, all the wood, you know, and to me, that's that's the joy of it because I know that everybody's getting one, you know, of the best instrument they can get. Yeah. And the hardware, everything about the instrument is is quality and it's really just maintaining um that once again that motorsports aesthetic. You're not going to go out there in an old jalopy. You're not going to go out there and win the race if if it's got, you know, feeble parts and yeah. and all that. So
0: Yeah. So how much can I save here? I mean, obviously I know you want to keep costs where you can have a profit as well too, but it's not all about the profit margin. It's about the happy player. And I want to go back just one step before I jump over to the chat because there's a couple of good questions here. Um, the technical questions for you. But when you mentioned, okay, so the name come out, uh, performer, obviously being a performer, especially for people, you know, you get 20 minutes as an opening support act, whatever. And here's something where I don't think a lot of people uh, look at. Sometimes musicians, you know, and we're all guilty for this. We like to have a nice collection of guitars and, you know, we might change guitars every single song because we can. Now, that change in that guitar every single time, too, number one, it's time-consuming, especially on a support act. But mm-hmm. number two, it, the, your mojo, sometimes it takes a little bit to get that mojo going. And on a support act, like you mentioned, you got five songs to win the crowd over if you can. Um, mm-hmm. It sometimes takes a song and a half, maybe two songs. So now you've got three songs left. When your mm-hmm. mojo is just going, now I'm going to switch mm-hmm. a guitar. And you've just you've got you just shot yourself in the foot because your mojo was going, now you grab another guitar.
1: Yep, you can do with yours, and unless it's a part of the show, but when you're a support act, there's no show. No, no there's no, no. just get in and get out, and and try to you know present your your music uh, as as you know in the best way that you can. And and it's funny to learn that lesson that it's not your show. I know. It's so funny to learn. It's a hard lesson to learn. Uh, you one you have to. Uh, most of the most of the audiences don't are upset that you're even there.
0: I, they, they are. Want, they
1: they're there to see their act. You're, you're an obstacle. They're not there to see you. Yeah,
0: you're an <laughs> obstacle to them. That's a very good point, and and I've I've learned my lesson from that as well. To looking back, you know, thinking, oh, it was mine. I was. They're not there to see me. They could care less.
1: Yeah, and 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 well, but the fun thing is is that you see when you go out there, and if you work, if you work for them, and you put some blood on the tracks, mm-hmm. and and they and people can see that you're up there really doing your best it, it you, what you see it one one audience member at a time they come over and you and you probably had this experience you have about 15 seconds yep. to get them to say okay i'll give them a minute and you see that look you see that look of like okay i'll give them a minute yeah and then you know and then you just work 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 and then they're like all right all right yeah. you know you so. picked
0: up one or two new fans yeah, 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 that's awesome. It's funny. Carlos Anton has a really good question. He says, Uh, John, what is your opinion on body wood and tone? So, well, you talked about picking out the woods and everything. Uh, yeah. there are some who believe that wood uh, contributing to tone is a myth. Uh, I'd really love to hear your thought on that.
1: Uh, it's so not a myth. Okay. I mean, it's uh, uh, one, I think that that ghost in the machine, that that the marriage of the of uh, one of the reasons why I, I also like. Uh, I don't like neck-through instruments, is because I like that mystery of the marriage of that neck wood and the body wood, mm-hmm. and and it really and you'll get that perfect neck, and you'll find that that perfect neck does you well no matter what body you put it on. That that neck always seems to do you well, and I've had great you know necks that I've interchanged, and um, I have to say that in my experience, the lighter woods. And you'll see this in old guitars that eventually evaporate. You know, there's no more water molecule. You know, the water, all those pockets are gone. There's no more moisture in that guitar. And you'll see that that old guitar is lighter and resonates, has more tone. And what we're doing is we're doing basswood bodies. And that's basically an archetype that, that Ibanez, of course, made popular. Um, and I think that there is a consistency there. It's a little, it's a softer wood, Mm -hmm. but what I find is that the lower mids are broader, uh, in the lighter woods where when you have an alder or when you have any harder woods, there's a more centered, uh, there's a more centered tone. The, the frequencies are more direct and centered. Like I've got a number of guitars that are alder bodies that I really like. And I, and there's a dark, um, and lower mid sort of punch to them. And then all of a sudden this very detailed three K, uh, sharpness to that, that I find, um, they don't have this warmer, broader sound and that, and I don't know, you know, this is all subjective because remember, we all plug into different amps. We all EQ our stuff differently to compensate for our instruments. But, you know, I do have a number of uh, different instruments of different woods. And all my favorite instruments, I always come back uh, to these lighter tone woods. Now, give me uh, all mahogany, uh, you know, a a mahogany neck, mahogany body. And you suddenly get that that detailed mid range that we expect from Mm -hmm. that kind of wood combination. Um, I love that, too. But in general, the harder woods to me are are sharper and more detailed, and the softer woods seem to just have more of a warmer tone to it. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: It makes a ton of sense, and I'm so happy to hear you say this. And I know it's people in the chat are as well too. But the reason I'm going to my for my selfish reasons uh, here on through the YouTube channel, I get a lot of comments when I'm demoing some of the EVH guitars and things like that. A lot of people will say oh, Eddie's only using Basswood, because, like, almost all the Wolfgangs are a Basswood body. They're mm-hmm. only doing that to keep the cost down so they can mark up the profit and make a huge profit. I'm like, well, if it's good enough for Eddie Van Halen, um, and, and that's what he uses. You know, sure, mm-hmm. the things were different back in the day, uh, for the most part, but nowadays, the Wolfgangs, Basswood body, so I'm really, really happy, and it kind of makes me feel a little bit, like, kind of like I can take a little breathe a breath here and say, okay, it's, it's good. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, it... It's uh, there's a reason why there there's a reason why millions of guitars are made in basswood every day and sold every day, uh, because there there's a certain amount of success. Now, the beauty of this conversation is it's so subjective, of course. And I have these I mean, I, I and there's diehard uh, alder diehard mahogany guys, you know, mm-hmm. diehard set neck. You know, there's all that that kind of preference, which makes this conversation so much fun. That's right. It's, you know, um, you know, I, I think that um, I I think also um, I spent a lot of the last few years uh, in in um, uh, and I still do it. I'm, I'm I'll go out and many of us are going to go out and play, you know, three to four hour, hours a night and we're going to do many sets. Mm-hmm. You know. And the one thing is, is when I put on those hardwood bodies, oh man, you know, by the third set, that thing's heavy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, and and I do I do kind of, I don't know. I I I preference. You know, my preference is definitely just the lighter body. Not just for that. It does seem to. Also, I think there's a certain amount of resonance that happens faster in a lighter body mm-hmm. because when you have a dense wood the effect of, of uh, a sound wave hitting it and you getting it to, you know, uh, get note bloom or getting it to feed back, I think it takes more because there's more mass. I agree. Where the lighter would, this is all theoretical, right? Mm-hmm. This is just my my talk. But I've noticed, especially in the performer, and I think that, um, I think I was mentioning earlier that the one thing the performer will do, will it'll start sustaining at a much lower volume. Yeah. You know, your normal gain, all of a sudden, it'll just start hanging a note. And you'll be like, what's that? What is that? And you'll turn around your guitar volumes up a little. And and it's because, one, I think, one, I do feel that uh, a maple neck um, uh, and and a basswood body has that kind of marriage that's perfect. Mojo, I really every, mojo. Almost every guitar that I've had with that maple neck, basswood body, whether it has a rosewood Uh, fingerboard or not, Mm -hmm. you get that immediate reaction from the speaker if you're in front. I mean, the guitar will start talking to you immediately where when I'm on a a denser-bodied guitar, sometimes it takes a second to get that thing to speak. So,
0: I I think with the Basswood as well, too, and we're talking about Adam's products with the, the brass blocks, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, we've all had this, uh, like a lot of us uh, come to the channel here and buy Adam stuff for the Wolfgangs and all their EVH guitars, you know, that's, you'd think it never gets old or you think it would get old, like the wow factor putting in a brass block in your guitar and, and it doesn't really get old, but you get used to it. And I told Adam this one day, like I've done probably 10, 12 guitars here, all toned And, mm-hmm. uh, one of them was the, the Stripe series, EVH Stripe series, the black and white one, like his classic mm-hmm. iconic, uh, first album guitar. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I had a buddy over and he didn't know anything about futon stuff and he didn't have any Floyd Rose guitars. So I was just showing him, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to upgrade a guitar. You can watch me do it. So I did the whole thing and I said, let's go in my office now and we'll, um, we'll give it a try. And, uh, you know, and thinking, okay, here we go. He's going to hear it. And I played a note and actually I didn't strum the guitar until I got in the office. So even acoustically, I was like, oh my God. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you got something wrong? And I'm like, no, like uh, there's nothing, Mm -hmm. definitely nothing wrong. It Mm -hmm. was just a right piece of basswood. Um, And I told Adam about it. I said it was almost an out-of-body experience how good it worked on this one particular guitar. So I think it really helps on the basswood guitars especially.
1: Oh, the metal. Well, one, he's using the best alloy possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, we all remember getting that crappy Floyd Mm -hmm. with with the horrible alloy and, you know, they sounded like uh, tin mm-hmm. and and uh, you'd be, you know, so disappointed and what you would ha- you'd get a brass block and that would kind of make the difference. But no, if that plate, if, if everything about that bridge isn't isn't well made and all my futons, um, I've I've got, uh, let's see, five, five or six mm-hmm. bridges. Uh, uh, they've been worked. The last year, I have just beat them senseless, and they're like brand new. Wow. I mean, they're brand new, and that was exactly uh, what attracted me to to what Adam was doing. Was there? It was a no nonsense approach. Yeah.
0: And in the uh, the trim lock or the uh, string lock blocks, are you using titanium or naval brass, or are we using graphite? I've,
1: I've got both. Yeah, I'm okay. doing both, and uh, and I like the I like the ping of the titanium. Yeah. You know, yeah, I do. Okay, and that's uh, good to know. yeah, there's I, I I'm also I didn't see I didn't catch up with you on the pickup. Uh, You're a pickup evaluation but you know I'm really excited for him I, I had no idea he was doing pickups me too
0: I'm thrilled and I told him that my biggest dilemma right now is what guitar I'm going to put it in it won't just retrofit pop into a Wolfgang um, is you know because the way Eddie's got that he's pretty smart you know he doesn't really necessarily want you to pop another pickups and there's no uh-huh. real need to put other pickups in there, actually in my opinion there is zero need to put any uh, and Adam would probably tell you the same thing I'm sure he would uh, that there's no need to put another pickup in that guitar um, no it could be done but I'm thinking about popping in, and I've got a real nice PRS. Uh, the only trouble is it's a five-way rotary, and I asked him, I said, can you maybe can, can you help me out on that one? I don't know how to do it with a five-way rotary. I'll probably take it in because there's tapping and all kinds of crazy stuff on that. Mm-hmm. But I think it would sound very nice. I've got Tremonti pickups in it right now, which are great PRS yeah. Tremonti pickups. But um, I want to try Adams, and I think that's the guitar for it. So
1: uh, no, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I'll let I'll you know right have, away. Actually, I'm going to have to have him send some out because I definitely want to check them out.
0: Yeah, it might be a neat option for one of the guitars. It would be very cool. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Right. I, 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 have, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Definitely offering Adams pickups for sure. Uh, Sean had,
0: Your friend Sean there had a good question. He said, how did the overall reinvention of the 3G performer change or improve the tone? And I think he might have had a second one. Oh, yeah, he says, I'll rephrase. Uh, do you feel the redesign of the Strat archetype uh, has changed or improved the tone?
1: Yes, I definitely, I, I, I know it has. I've used the guitar, uh, live. I've, I've used it, uh, in the studio and I had a feeling it would. And I think to be honest, uh, going back to that whole, uh, uh, the, the whole fact that the Strat bridge only is, has pressure on the, on the two of, uh, you know, the top and the bottom sides where the, um, the sides of the necks are slots, and the fact that we have tension on 180 degrees, I feel that—I knew that was going to make a difference, but I think that what what we're finding in the guitar as far as the lower mid quality and, and just— Uh, basically how it delivers those mids and those are the mids we're looking for in the guitar right those are the ones we're always trying to find and we hate it when they're not there because then you know we have this thin tone and to me that's that's the fundamental shift and every time i've i've given this guitar to anyone uh to play or try one of the things that has been to me, the most exciting thing, you know how it is with guitars. Either they're friendly or they're not, yeah. right? Yeah. You either want to play it, or it wants to play you. Yeah. I kind yeah. of that's how it is. And all of a sudden, you stop talking. You stop caring what you know. Conversation around you. You could care less. You're playing this <laughs> guitar now, and people, your wife, whoever, maybe, but they may be wanting to get your attention. Come on, let's go. You don't want to put this down. No. You know, this guitar and you have a thing going on right now and and you either get that or you don't from a guitar. And I found that every time someone's picked up the performer and actually Adam will tell you this, too, because he had Liquid Charlie come to our suite at Nam, And I posted a video and, you know, we gave Liquid Charlie the guitar and he just started shredding away and he just forgot about us. And for about 30 minutes, he just played. And I found that that's what happens and another thing um, that's interesting for me is that I didn't ex- I didn't know what to expect. I mm-hmm. knew I would finally be able to build the guitar I've been trying to build for 35, 40 years. I've had this concept forever, but I didn't know if it was going to work, and I didn't know if it was going to replace my favorite Strats. Yeah, that's that's what I play. I play Super Strats, and I have to say. They're gone. They're all in their cases. Wow. My favorite guitars, yeah. my you know, the ones I've been playing for 30 years, my go-to number ones, they're all in the closet.
0: That's, that's so a tremendous feeling.
1: It's it's funny, and that happened organically. I just eventually, you know, the only guitars I'm playing, another thing I, I should mention is that uh, we put five-way super switches in. Okay. Oh, before I forget, uh, one of the reasons is that I was really careful about... Uh, about getting the pickups working, uh, and it, we want to keep on uh, working on the detail. but I'm very happy with the five way super switches. We've got hum, just lift up a little bridge. bit if you can. Oh, sure, there yep. we go. yeah, how are we are we good now? Perfect. yep. Good. okay. So all the way we've got hum. now we've got single, right? Yep. Pretty standard. yep. And then here we've got these two slugs for middle insides, yep, okay. And then we've got single bridge. And a lot of people, you have to be careful when you, when you wire, if you don't wire it yourself and you take your guitar to have uh, your pickups wired, Mm -hmm. be very careful because a lot of times, and I've had this happen a lot, is that guys will wire your humbuckers for single and they'll make this slug active.
0: The inside, not the outside. That's right. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that a lot.
1: And you'll be like, huh? You know, it doesn't really sound like a strat, you know. And so that's you why should, you have to be really careful about that. But we definitely have; we've made sure it's there. And of course, hum all the way down there. But now the difference is, is that, is that if we're down, if okay, the difference is if we. I've got push pulls as well, and we can wire these in so many different ways depending on your preferences. We actually talk to the player. And we actually wire the guitars uh, specifically for the player. Okay. Uh, And so what this does, this one push pull, enables that slug. Gotcha. So now what we have is is obviously in the middle we can have the two insides or the inside and an outside. That's fantastic. And then if we're down here we can have the two outside singles. And tonally this is this is great and. We've got a, uh, more demos coming out with tone. Now, when we're in full hum, I can pull this up and engage this slug, so you get a super smooth fusion, uh, fusion tone. You know, with the humbucker and this slug on the neck, so which talk- darkens it up, but you still get all the sustain and the the you know the push. So, you know, that's one of the things we've done, and that uh, that's also just to make sure that this guitar will deliver for you on stage or at a session, so you don't have to bring a lot of guitars to both
0: hence back to the name again, performer. And that's great. It's like literally having your cake and eating it too. I mean, the, cause like you said, a lot of guys will wire that up wrong. So if you want that way coil tap, boom, and you can actually still get it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is it put in that
0: position and then coil tap. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And we've done, we're doing so many different things. And plus um, um, I'm working also with Thomas Nordig. you know, who, Oh yeah. For, yeah, you know Thomas. Oh yeah. He's uh, he would probably get upset if I if I call him the Yoda of guitar tech. <laughs> he would want to be Obi Wan Kenobi. Maybe let's do that. Okay, let's do Obi Wan Kenobi. Sure. Okay, but to me, um, he's doing some amazing things, and he's convinced me to put a kill switch on. And on the on the um, our set neck model, we're going to also have a MIDI controller on it as well and that's something he's developing which i'm really excited for thomas which is called the domino he's going to be featured in guitar player magazine oh, sweet. coming up real soon check that out look for thomas in guitar player magazine and he's doing some real exciting stuff and i'm really uh, proud to be working with him too he to be honest he was the very first person i saw when i got off the elevator at nam the first year when i was sort of showing it around you know not sure what to what to think um he was the very first person to see it. He took a good look and then he told me, "You must pursue this." That's what he told me. And then off he went into his nam, you know, experience and yeah. I didn't see him again at the show, but the way he told me was basically what jump started the whole thing for me. I went, "Well, okay. You know, if guys like Thomas are telling me I should I should really dig into this, then I'm going to do it."
0: Well, that's fantastic yeah he he is a he is a guru when it comes to it for sure. and I, I can see him being like, okay, don't don't put me on that pedestal. but uh, obviously he's worked with some of the best in the business. So that's nice to have that blessing.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's he's uh, he's quite a quite a uh, a mind, that guy
0: for sure. for sure. Well, I was just getting a report there. people are having some trouble over in the chat., uh, my nocturnal butterfly sent me a message. So maybe people which you might want to try is change it from live chat to top chat, maybe back and forth a couple of times. just toggle it and give YouTube a little push. It just needs to, it's maybe stuck in the mud a little bit. So I'll try that and see if you can get it <laughs> get it working. But uh, we'll be wrapping up here in about twenty minutes, anyways. But Jeff Jeff Humphreys had a question from Jay's Tacos and Guitars, and it's a question I was going to ask you this evening as well too. But one of the most important things, as he's asking, is um, how uh, can person go buy one of these guitars? So obviously, we've got your website. And we've got the link in the description. Are they sold in stores or they directly from you uh, from the company? Or maybe share no, website.
1: Yeah, they're 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 direct. You deal with us. We basically at we we have a custom shop attitude. We have our models and our, we have colors, you know, our, our basic colors. If you go to our, our, our store, you'll see the guitars and then you'll see uh, our custom instruments at the bottom as well. Uh, we have a bunch of iconic, uh, colors that are based around classic car uh, colors, but we have one of the best uh, Finnish guys in the business. So we, you know, we, It's whatever everybody wants. And basically, I want to keep it uh, right now one-on-one and keep it a custom shop. I like picking out the wood. I like being involved. I like taking care of the process in the sense of guaranteeing the quality to the customer. Uh, There's a couple of stores that um, have been around a long time, and I'm talking to them about uh, getting models in those stores. And I'm also talking to... uh, some partners, we're, we are looking to partner and to maybe introduce the instrument out of America, uh, licensed with with our brand from uh, bigger companies, and we're okay. actually in the middle of talking to a number of different folks, and we're not in a big hurry to make that decision. We, we like keeping it uh, as a custom shop, and we're gonna maintain the custom shop no matter what happens uh, with the technology or the licensing we want to maintain our custom shop
0: I I like that that's one of the things that's the perfect problem to have is that you know having available in all these different stores worldwide but for now like you say you get to give that TLC you get to go pick that piece of wood Um, you know be careful what you wish for sometimes growth can be astronomical. You may not be ready for it, you know, so you're, you're putting all the ducks in a row in the proper way. Even like you just mentioned the fact that even if these do come on board, you're still going to have the custom shop. You're still going to give the customer what he or she wants and the exact flavor, electronics, um, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and we want to, we want to build, uh, we want to make sure that we're, we're scaling properly too. So, so, you know, that's why we'll talk to companies about licensing who may have the infrastructure for a larger scale. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't really, we've been actually careful about, uh, getting the word out because we want to just, you know, make things move in an organic way that we can keep a hold of. I've got a great team. Uh, I've got, of course you see Sean Cook. Sean's been Mm -hmm. on board from the very beginning. Okay. I've got, Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Chin who you'll see out there. He's been with me forever. And, um, I've got also, uh, Steve Crisp is our main, uh, he's not our finisher, but he can absolutely do that, but he's our assembler and he worked with Stevie Ray Vaughan and Al D. Miola. I mean, it's just top drawer quality and I'm proud to actually be producing instruments with them. I never thought I would really be doing this. So it's funny how life is that all of a sudden you have an idea and now here you are, that. you know, that's
0: wicked. Uh, Lyle Ketchum has a question for you. He says, John, do you actually work on people's guitars? Do you do any Lutheran or any kind of uh, tr- uh, tricks and tweaks to people's guitars, tech work?
1: Well, my students do. I mean, and this is what I do basically is I I teach all my students to be able to rip their instrument apart. After Good. about a year of being with me, they have to do that. One of our lessons is we, you know, it, it's pretty shocking to them, but, you know, because they they see their guitar in pieces, right? But to me, if you can't, if you can't do everything on the gig, I, my soldering iron goes with me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on the job with all the tools I need. I, I'm not going to let something happen that where I'm going to lose control of my ability to get that job done. And I think all players should know some basics in that regard. I don't really, you know, I don't do any repair work, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely am. I'm working on my students' guitars yeah, every day. Yeah, of know? course. I think it's
0: a little, a little different uh, generation now, but I'm sure, like you and I, are very, very close in, in age here. Uh, probably, probably very close. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our dads, you know, probably back in at least with my dad back in the day, he would, uh, as soon as I was able to drive, even before I was able to drive, he would be showing me, okay, here's where the, and you don't even, people don't even know where carburetors are anymore. There's no such thing. But, okay, if you break down on the highway, here's how you you put a little bit of gas in a carburetor and an air breather, take off the air breather, we'll get you going. Here's how you change a tire. It's very important to know those things. And in case, like you say, um, bands, you know, you're out there, young bands or even some established bands don't necessarily travel with their own guitar techs and stage hands and things like that. And it could make or break the gig if you don't have, uh, know how to at least, at least uh, electrical tape wire, let alone solder it. You need to know the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, throw, be able to throw some electric tape between your, your shorting cable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? All that stuff that yeah. all these little tools, uh, well, yeah, you know, we were so proud because, um, uh, my stepdaughter, Melissa, she texted us from the road and said, I just changed the tire. You know, uh, they're they're on the road and, yeah. and got a flat tire on the road with her band and she's out changing the tire. Well, so it, it, there is something to that, uh, you know, that whole uh, just be self-reliant. Yeah. Be able, be able to uh, to uh, not have to lean on anybody else. And, and you know, things things are, you know, move along a lot easier for sure. That's, that's great
0: to hear. And f- fortunately, everything worked out good there, you know, we're able to, uh, be safe in there and got back on the road. So that's awesome. Yeah. And in fact, oh, it's yeah, a, a proud yeah, moment yeah. for sure too. Um, before we wrap up here in a couple minutes, there's something I want to ask you and uh, you were kind of showing me and I make sure I got this right. You were showing me a neck there and it had something interesting on the neck. Are you able to show that again and see if people catch that?
1: Oh I'll, I'll you yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, I I'm yeah, I wonder. I'll 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 toss it up. We definitely, um, yeah, we're making we're making a guitar uh, for an artist, and he he's requested the uh, T Bird White Performer, and so we're going to be delivering that uh, to him when he comes off the road. Uh, he's in Europe right now on the road. Fantastic. So I'm not sure if you could see that. There's
0: probably about a 10 or 15 second delay in you in YouTube as far as the the voice, but you guys or girls, so if anyone can name who that is. It's pretty iconic, and uh, there might have been some conversation earlier in the program. See if you recognize those initials. So that's going to be hand delivered to this particular
1: fellow. It is, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited, and it's way overdue. I mean, this was for his birthday, and we've been trying to connect. uh, And uh, you can imagine he's having such a great uh, year. I mean, talk about unstoppable momentum. Mm -hmm. So Uh, ah,
0: there you go, there you go, and there you go. Uh, Ron Bain's Mm -hmm. got it. He's got it for sure. It says Satch. Yep. That's yeah, that's fantastic the, he's is he is, is Joe using that like that's what he's using back on the uh, when I was t- we were talking off the air. I had the JSX amp. I love that amplifier. Is that pretty much his iconic local he uses for everything now the JS like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I And I thought it would be I thought it'd be uh, nice to put that at the 12th fret. And he's been uh, he's been very supportive. Uh, you know, obviously he's an S player. I'm not a uh, don't. Please don't uh, misunderstand. No, me. no, 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 no. Uh, you know, he's not. We're not, you know, uh, there's no endorsement or anything like that. But he has uh, he has been uh, very supportive. And uh, I just really appreciate it. And the fact that that. Uh, that he's want wants one of the guitars and uh, we're just really excited. And I, I just can't wait. My main thing is to be able to get this guitar into the hands of, of of great players and get their feedback. I just want to know what they think, honestly. Certainly.
0: So, And I know yeah. Joe has such a great re- relationship with Ivan. I mean, he's really done a lot for the, like him and a lot of other artists as well. But, I mean, yeah. I, the, he has such a great relationship with Ibanez. I know they would not even look the other way for two seconds, the fact that he's playing other guitars. Um, everyone, People would be dumb if they f- figured you are only going to play one guitar for the rest of your life. Sure, that's his signature guitar. He endorses it. He, play, he plays it, and he loves it. But mm-hmm. there's no reason why he can't play and have fun on another instrument. And, uh, like you say, it's not an endorsement. It's just it's playing on a guitar, checking it out. And the feedback alone that you'd receive from Joe as, uh, you know, one of the world's best players is like some R and D that you just could not come up with, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the, uh, and I'm, I'm so, uh, grateful for, for anyone who takes the time. And, and, uh, at Nam I had a number of great players that checked it out and I'm just really happy about that. And to be honest, you know, that's, that's, that's really what I I want. I want to. I really want to ha- keep on developing the mm-hmm. instrument. Keep on developing the technology. And to me, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be meeting with Bill Lanero. Do you know Bill?
0: A, oh yeah, for sure. I do yeah. I'm a friend of yeah, him on Facebook. Sure.
1: Yeah. I'm going to Bill's studio, and I'm just. I can't wait. He's going to plug the guitar into his rig, and that's what I want. And he's going to fire it up. I've got a a, a drop C guitar for him nice. to check out, and and the standard. And so, yeah, I'm just I'm really excited. I've been going down to uh, I'm up here in in uh, the Santa Cruz uh, Monterey area, but but I'm you know a few hours from L.A. So really, part of my life is is now going down to L.A. and and showing the guitar off, and and just you know getting the word out there. Yeah. I haven't really been doing it as, as quickly and loudly as I probably could. And we're going to step that up now. Mm -hmm. Um, because, um, there's growing pains, you know, we have to, you know, I have to be really careful. We're, we're making sure that every step that we, that we take with our manufacturers, with our partnerships, they, those all have to be solid before we can actually Step forward, so you know it's an interesting journey for sure.
0: You're doing it right for sure because I've seen some companies not not uh, aside from music, not nothing to do with music, that Mm. have a great uh, business plan, a great product, or maybe a great service, and they failed because they went way too big before they're even ready for it. It's like okay, we'll take it, we'll take it, we'll take it, we'll take it. Oh, I can't give it to you. You know, I can't give it to you fast enough, or you know, like it's or my supplier can't give me the stuff fast enough. It's like oh man. So you're doing it right. You're really doing it right.
1: Well, we we um, have that in Silicon Valley all the time. I'm mm-hmm. I'm close to Silicon Valley, and we watch the startup you know concept go straight in the dumper you know all the time because people they'll have great ideas uh, and then it turns out there's nothing behind it you know it's yeah. it's it's smoke and mirrors and and or they have a great idea that they just killed because they didn't they developed it too quickly so. Yeah, we're definitely, uh, we're definitely taking our time. And uh, I can't wait. In the next few weeks, uh, d- definitely keep an eye out for our, our Performer HZ. That's our base. It's going to be the Performer. I took that Precision Strat concept, mm-hmm. and I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to take the, the Performer, and we're going to make a four-string and, of course, a five- and six-string bass. But we're starting with an Iconic 4 with the 3G technology, and it's called the Performer HZ. Okay. So, uh, you know, and of course, Dave, uh, Dave Chin wants to say, Performer HZ, it hurts so good. So, I like you know.
0: it. I like it, HZ. Per- <laughs> That's perfect. It's not, I know we were not prepared for this, but it sounds like we're getting a couple of requests from the chat for you to play. Do you have anything plugged in? Can you plug one in or you even you want to noodle all acoustically? Oh,
1: let's see if we can.
0: I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you're welcome to go ahead. I'm sure if people would love it. I know I would.
1: Let's see if... Uh... Let's see if I if we get any tone, okay? Oh yeah, that
0: sounds good. Can you hear that okay? We can, yeah.
1: All right. So that basically that's bridge pickup. Okay. Here's the neck pickup, right? Here's your single. Hear that alright? Yes, well, that sounds great. And now uh we'll just go to bridge. Um, let's see. <laughs> Too overdriven. I don't know if we're getting the right kind of tone. No, actually,
0: but. are you running through your board?
1: Uh, let's see. I'm no, it running, good. I am running through a little Mackie board, but I but we didn't actually test this, did no, we? It, so no, it didn't. I, no, didn't.
0: it's good, man. It's good. It's really good. It, yeah, good,
1: awesome. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm uh, yeah, so basically that's that's some of the tones. But if you go to uh, our YouTube channel or if you go to the website. We have a number of videos up and I'm in the, over the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to be putting out tone videos for everybody to check out a little more detail.
0: Yeah. oh, that. You're getting some great feedback in the, in the chat. Um, Sean Cook says, do the D inversions.
1: Do the D. Oh, oh, you're so funny. (laughs) funny. We, we did a, we did a Skype lesson. If anybody's interested in Skype lessons too, I'm definitely, uh, I, I, that's one of the things I do. Oh, great. I do, uh, I do lessons online for sure, but um, um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to uh, just have you guys check out. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to me at john at 3gguitars.rocks and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions.
0: Is that how they would get in touch with you if they want Skype lessons too?
1: Yeah, sure, you can, you can do that. You can do it through my Facebook, okay. uh, either way.
0: Okay, fantastic. I've got links as well to the Facebook as well down below too, so people can contact you that way plus through the website. That's absolutely fantastic. I got, have to play one of those in the in the distant near future. Like I like the style of it. I'm more of the Strat guy as well too. Um, mm-hmm. I just love oh, it to death.
1: Yeah, I well, one of my goals with you, Eric, is to send you up one so that you can do a demo. That'd be cool. So, mm-hmm. de- so, so let's go ahead and talk about that so that you know over the next couple of weeks we can figure out how to make that happen. All right, sounds
0: cool. That'd be a lot of fun. I would
1: I'd appreciate it.
0: Well, you make it look pretty darn easy, so I might be able to. to I won't be able to do the justice that you did, <laughs> but I'll have some fun with it for kidding?
1: sure. you You totally shred. Thank I've you, I've seen sir. you play.
0: Thank you. It's, I, I have. I have lots of smoke, and I have lots of mirrors. I'm always replacing them <laughs> don't too. We
1: uh, <laughs> don't we it's, all? Don't we all? Look
0: over here while I do this. You know, it's all fine. Yeah,
1: fun. I, you bang on it and hope for the best. That's right. right. You know?
0: But that's awesome, man! You really, really—I uh, mean, one of my goals here, actually, my my only goal on the show—I should—I should, I should say—I have two. One is to have fun, but number two is to warm up everybody's weekend. And we talked—you talked about the support act, so that's what we're going to take away from this this uh, episode—is—is uh, is support acts. And I like the show to be a support act for people's weekend. And I don't think ah, I could have asked asked for a better guest great than awesome. you. So, so thank you so so very much from myself. This
1: was such my pleasure. And, and, you know, uh, we all enjoy the show, Eric. I mean, you're doing, you're doing such a great job. Uh, the content is always great. Uh, like the one thing I, I, I told Eric when we came on was we had not spoken before, but, but because of your personality, you make it uh, so personable and you're just like, you make it easy so all of a sudden we were speaking and i went oh i feel like i've been talking to this guy for years so that's awesome uh, hats off to you for everything you're doing on the show
0: thank you that means a lot to me because it's a lot of fun I, I, it's just conversation and yeah. and i've learned so much from from guests like yourself from people in the chat people say things in the chat I'm like hey i didn't know that that's awesome yeah. sometimes i'll write it down so i don't forget now one of yeah. the nice things is these chats are saved so, if someone says something in the chat that's really cool, um, yeah, you know yeah. that's that's fantastic. So, yeah. awesome. We learned a lot tonight, and I'm I, I'm so happy for you and the company. Uh, oh, thank and, you. And Eric. Family. You've
1: been and and you have. We you've been really supportive. And I really appreciate the fact that we came on. Hope we can do it again as things update and we have, uh, you know, things to talk about.
0: The door is always open. If anything comes up, it's a new, like I want you back on a regular basis, maybe a couple times a year. But if there's any news flashes, press releases, anything that comes up, you know, something may happen like, okay, we're now distributed by so-and-so. Anything Mm -hmm. you think is newsworthy, please share with me and I'll be more than happy to do a video voicer or, you know, a quick uh, share or anything I can do to help promote. It's the very least I can
1: do. Oh, thank you. And likewise, that's I think, to to be honest, we are at that point now where our community is global. Yes. And and, you know, you and I know the difference. You and I remember when when I was a kid, I wrote Steve Vai a letter (laughs) and, you know, I, I saw an address where I could write Steve Vai a letter and he sent me back an orchestra score size uh, score of the attitude song. Oh. And, you know, it was like, wow, you know, and, and you and I remember the snail mail days oh, yeah. where you would, you know, you would wonder if anyone got your letter, then you'd wait for weeks to see if you got any, you know, return. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do really, uh, I feel good. And I think you do too, about where we are Yeah. as far as, you know, we're able to communicate. It's so much fun to be able to be, here and see people on the chat that could be from anywhere around the world and yeah. that's just exciting
0: yeah you tune in globally like in a lot of cases we have argentina we have germany we yeah. have you have united states north america obviously us in north america uh it's it's really cool we can we can communicate with anyone especially with the certain time zones we can all align it's it's pretty awesome everyone yeah. in the chat is really enjoying it and uh i want to thank all of you guys thanks everybody
1: yeah, great thank- to great to meet everybody and and feel free to to reach out if you have any questions
0: Please do so. And and here's a question maybe you probably don't want to answer on the air. Maybe you can Michael B is asking how much for lessons. Is that something you would like to say on the air, or would you prefer to answer it in an email?
1: I think I'd rather, that's very individual. And yeah. I, to be honest with you, I I adjust that depending on the situation. Sure. So we can talk about that. Feel free to reach out. I I, I love, you know, I, I love all styles of music I play. I have a classical guitar, flute, duet that I, I, I also have with my wife, Deborah. So I, I love all styles of music. I love all all uh, guitars, acoustic and electric. So fantastic! So there, you there's go. that plug. There's a plug. Yeah,
0: exactly. So awesome. Michael, reach out to him uh, as well by email there, and we can tailor that for you as well too. Everyone, I hope you have a fantastic weekend and have a great Father's Day uh, if you're celebrating yeah, this Sunday. Happy Father's Day, everybody! Yeah. Uh, a few people would be interested in checking out my Patreon as well, too, patreon.com slash TV. There are some little commercials coming out at the end of the show here as well. I just hope everyone has a great weekend, and thank you so very, very much. Um, and Sean Close says, I want Eric to give me guitar lessons. Okay, let me get a couple from John first, and then we'll talk, okay? <laughs> and it will be free from me, because I, I won't be able to do much.
1: He must have just checked out your clips. That's what that is. I don't
0: know. I don't know. But uh-huh. I, I appreciate that. Oh, there you go. You got an email coming in from, from Michael, so that's Awesome. Nice. Uh, lots of people happy. Uh, John, don't go away. I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. So everyone, you have a fantastic weekend. Uh, taking off, I've uh, taken off Sunday, this Sunday for the Helix Hour, but I'm back actually next Sunday. Uh, Jeff Shorter from Smashing Pumpkins is on the show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Talking about That's how Helix is a big center part of his rig. So that would be a lot of fun. Everyone, you're doing a
1: great job with the Helix Hour. That is really uh, a ton. That's uh, You're doing a great job with that. Thank
0: That's you. That was something yeah. that was thrown at the wall to see if it sticks and and uh, um, episode 11. So yeah, it's going good. And it's kind of mm-hmm. nice. I was almost thinking about tailoring this show back to to 60 minutes as well. The EVH show does not fit in a 60-minute window, no matter how hard you try. Um, mm-hmm. And the Helix Hour fits nicely in 60 minutes. You can get, you know, but look where we are. We're 61 minutes into it, or we I mean, were 91 minutes into it, and it felt proper, didn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you can't You can't really, you have to ease into this. Mm-hmm. When you're having a conversation, you have to have time. Yep. You know.
0: Yeah, and it's like that opening act again. Once again, we're going back to acts. I don't care who you are as a support act. It, you're not your a game from the first song. Um, unless you're maybe Van Halen back in the day, opening up for Sabbath or something like that. Right. So right. as a show, we're warming up. I'm getting I'm nervous a little bit at the beginning of the show. I'm feeling you out, you know, feeling how the show's going, how the chat's going. So yeah, it's it's a gradual baby step. So we we did it. We had a good show.
1: Well, you don't. You your poker face is solid, my friend.
0: <laughs> I'm so. I, Yeah. When I get off here, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, how did I do? How to I do? How would I do? You know, it's all
1: good though. Oh, you did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it sure was fun. I sure had a great time. Awesome,
0: man. I this, this was awesome. So let's talk for a second off here, everyone. You rock. We will see you very, very see soon. See you guys. Until next time. Cheers. Bye. Hey, EVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book there are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash EVH Cure TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at EVHGearDiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.